Well, the Bruins might have a, a little bit of power play trouble right now, but they have everything else going for them. On the other hand, Tampa Bay, maybe they have the better power play on the record or in the stat sheet, but they they are not the Tampa Bay that we've uh, we've watched really the last you know decade, but certainly the last three years here, uh, three four years. Now, if you're Tampa Bay, the ideology still applies. Let's get to the playoffs and 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 we'll buckle it down. But this seems to feel a little bit different. If John Cooper, he he benched his top guys for an entire period. It didn't pay dividends. The following game against Carolina, they went shotless in the second period. They got smoked in the game. Um, if you're Toronto, you have to be feeling pretty good. I know they have a couple injuries that they just suffered, but this <laughs> this might be the best time to catch Tampa Bay in a first round series. The the lightning playing playing rope it up. They're getting Toronto's hopes up, and then they're just gonna just gonna crush them in the first round. No, it you know you're right. It's like you look at the lightning and you assume they're they're gonna figure it out. You know, yeah, they're two five and three in their last ten now. Uh, you just expect that group to get on track, but boy, like it definitely took a turn for the worse over the weekend with, with that benching you mentioned of uh, Stamkos, Point, and Kucherov, and then just getting absolutely shellacked by Carolina the next day, 6 nothing. Like that's, the Lightning better hope that's a low point, and, you know, now they start to rebound. But, yeah, that that does not look good. And, and we've kind of said all year, like it doesn't quite look like the same team. Like some certainly some of their depth has finally – been sapped and you know all they really did at the deadline was Tanner Janot and, and Mikey Isomon who you know Janot can be a really solid third liner he's been more probably fourth line production this year and Isomon's like a rotational forward like that's like a 12th 13th forward so yeah they didn't do a ton and you wonder like is that really enough especially when you look at what the Bruins have done and, and what Toronto's done um, yeah, I mean, if, if that series were starting right now, the, you would absolutely have to say the Leafs are the favorite. And we know Tampa's experience. We know Vasilevsky, who, by the way, at times hasn't really looked like Vasilevsky this season. So, um, yeah, still time for them to figure it out. And I think you still would expect them to, but definitely not, not pretty for them right now. It's not, that's not the way you want to come out of the trade deadline and, you know, hit your stretch run. Yeah, and, and I think something you said before we jumped on the podcast was like just taking a chance to reevaluate where everyone, you know, after seeing what the new additions look like on teams, where do people stand? And so you're getting to that point. Like, first of all, and this conversation kind of annoys me because I don't know why, but like Carolina not doing much of anything. And the only thing I ever hear from NHL reporters or whatnot that like whenever they're talking about it is like, oh, you know, don't, don't broke don't fix what ain't broken or whatever. Um, it's like, well, you still could have, you know, made, made it better. I don't, I don't know. Um, but you see them beat up on Tampa Bay. Um, you, we got to look at the Rangers firsthand at the garden. Um, Toronto, like we're, we're getting a look at the way that things are shaking out after the deadline. And honestly, the Bruins seem to be in the best shape um of of the teams after the deadline in terms of 
actually being able to use the guys the way that they intended to. They're using every single person and getting as much as you could probably expect from all three guys they added. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know what's you know what's crazy is I look at the as you mentioned, Bridget, we just watched them play the Rangers. I know the Rangers were missing a couple of guys, but so were the Bruins. Um, saw them play the Rangers. We've seen them play Tampa all year. They've handled them well. We know what Toronto is. You know, they've improved, but we know what they are for the most part. With You know, the Bruins should beat them, all things considered. It's crazy to me that despite the lack of movement at the deadline for the Hurricanes, they still scare me the most in the conference. They just do. They just... They just play. They just play uh, synchronized. They seem to have the most team chemistry. They seem to they seem to understand who they are more so than any other team that the Bruins would play. And yeah, they didn't go out there and get a big fish, and we'll see if they end up resenting that. Um, but they still scare me the most. They really do. I don't know, Scott. I don't know. I don't know who who puts the fear of God into you if you're if you're a Bruins fan or a Bruins player. But Carolina, for me, despite the lack of movement, they still seem like the toughest out if the Bruins have to play them. Yeah, I agree. Just because goals and scoring chances are going to be so hard to come by against that team. They, you know, you talk about them like playing as a team. That especially shows up on the defensive end where they are as stingy as anyone. Um, that was a really frustrating series last year too. Like you saw that. Yeah. Like, you know, we exactly like we can sit here and say, oh, well, they kind of lack the star power of a top scorer and they do, but they didn't have that last year either. And they still beat the Bruins and the Bruins did have star power last year. Like, you know, they, yeah, they didn't have crazy, but like most of their top guys were, were there. So, um, yeah, that's just it's a really tough team to play against. Uh they're not they're not gonna give you anything. Like every other team I look at, I'm like, oh yeah, like they could give you some mistakes. They can make mistakes and give you some goals. And maybe Carolina's goaltending might do that. They've had, you know, a lot of ups and downs in net this season, but the team defense in front of the goalie, they're not. I mean, I feel like the Bruins took them to seven last year. So while while I still feel like they're the biggest threat in the East this year for the Bruins, like you're talking about a Bruins team after taking Carolina to seven last year, you're talking about a Bruins team that added Krejci, Zaka, Orloff, Bertuzzi, Hathaway in his role. That's five players right there that like just impact players for what they bring to the Bruins team. They just didn't have on the team last year. So yeah, and I say that if you had Krejci last year, if you didn't take the year off, you probably get through Carolina. Like possible, you, yeah. Yeah, like if, it, if you had that, I don't know. Um, that was just a thought when Krejci came back. I was like, they really could have used you in the playoffs. <laughs> um, and we had had conversations last year about oh, what if he comes back before you know the deadline? Like, could he could he make a move back to Boston before the playoffs? Blah blah blah. It's all past is the past but i i had that thought at the time was like they were missing if they had crazy that i i just think they might have had enough to get through that game seven or or you know take an earlier game i should say and and get through carolina and they also were missing mcavoy and lindholm at different times in that series now on mm-hmm. the one hand you can say well yeah they missed they, they were missing lindholm because it was because of something Shreshnikov did which is a clean open ice hit so that's the result of the, the series 
McAvoy was more of a after nobody had been out of the lineup for COVID symptoms or reasons for like months. McAvoy just randomly got that like after game one or something. I think they actually won the game that both those guys were out. So I guess it's kind of a, a moot point. But yeah, I mean the Bruins, the personnel wise, the Bruins are in a much, much, much different position than they were playing Carolina last year if they were to play. But just the the threat of that team that they, they're, they're still hungry and they're still capable over uh, down in Carolina. Um, I know Toronto has they've, they've hit a few hiccups here with with some some bad injury luck to O'Reilly and Matthews as we talked about off the top. Was there any other league news you guys thought was worth mentioning while we uh, while we have the time here or Bruins news that you, we didn't get to? No, I mean the only thing I was going to mention is just what Connor McDavid is doing is absolutely insane. He now has multiple goals in six of his last eight games, uh, including the game, including the game against the Bruins in Edmonton. And hey, here he comes again Thursday night at the Garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connor McDavid and the Oilers coming to town. So, um, you know, Bruins have obviously shown hey they can go up against a Red Hot McDavid and still he'll get his and they'll still win the game. But just and just so entertaining to watch. I was watching their game Monday night against Buffalo. And it's like it it really is special. Like it looks like he can just create scoring chances and finish at will. And it's like. Man, like you, I haven't seen any, anyone do that in a long, long time. Just be able to take over and make it look so easy the way that he does. And he is on really like the hottest stretch of his career right now, which is saying something. <laughs> this used to annoy the hell out of me. <laughs> um, but this this past week when the Bruins played the Oilers, I was like, nah, it's it's real. Whenever whenever people go, oh, it's the Bruins against McDavid. It's like, no, it really was the Bruins against McDavid. And it really is just like team first McDavid. Like that's what it feels like with how good he's playing. It's like you're that's what you have to go up against is mainly ju- just worry about McDavid first. Um but it used to bother me when I was like, okay, the, the Boston Bruins play Alex Ovechkin. And it's like, well, there's other people on the team. But then when you watch the Oilers, you're like, well, it's kind of it's kind of McDavid. I know they have other good players, but that's that's who's just like all of a sudden you turn around, you you blink for half a second and you're you're screwed. That said, the they did they did make an improvement where they needed to improve on the back end with Matthias Ekholm. So like you know. We've been saying for how long, right, that, man, the Oilers are top-heavy. They rely on, as Bridget just mentioned, McDavid and Dreisaitl, and and they don't have defense to kind of back it up or goaltending. But, you know, you look at their decor right now, and we're going to get a look at it, as you guys said on Thursday. But you have a guy in Darnell Nurse now who I think has his flaws for sure, but he's a big, physical, mean, young defenseman, younger defenseman. You had uh, at home, like I mentioned, uh, big, strong, shutdown defenseman that Bruins fans have talked about in the past, in past deadlines. Should we grab him? He'd be a great fit. Uh, and he would, he, you know, he would be. Um, so I think I, and I think they went, they got uh, Bukestad too, Nick Bukestad from Arizona. So he's yeah. a big body up front. Um, they shipped out Tyson Berry and um, uh, Jesse Pugliarvi. But yeah, I mean, like, I think the Oilers are a team, if you're, if you're in the Western Conference, they improve where they need to improve, and I think that's that bodes bodes well for them in the playoffs. I I, I wouldn't be surprised with the addition of Ekholm just helping st- stabilize their back end, and then obviously McDavid just doing what McDavid does and dry settle and you know quietly Nugent Hopkins is having a t- top ten scoring season right now for, uh, in in the league for Edmonton. So 
yeah, I mean, I think I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if the Oilers, who went to the conference finals last year, end up representing the West in the Cup finals because they have they have improved their their defense in the, uh, in theory. Yeah, and they, that I'm looking at the the standings, like the the wild card standings in the West, and it's like everybody is within like five points of each other from wild card up to the top. Like, um, the Oilers are four points behind they're in the wild card right now but they're four points behind being in first so um it's just it's it's a weird top like everybody at the top is within that small amount of points of each other so they're gonna have an interesting finish to the season um, like those top eight teams and even even if you go a little bit further down um below that it's it's kind of a weird situation out there and then we we forget that Colorado is right now just barely in the playoffs but um it's like I said they're they could end up first. They could end up eighth. It doesn't, it doesn't, um, we have no idea at this point. There's not like an indication like in the East that the Bruins are going to be the top team. It's, it's still up for grabs out there. Yeah. The, the East and West playoff races have kind of flipped from a year ago. Last year it was the East was all set and the West had this crazy battle to get in this year. You have all these teams in the wildcat race in the East and the West, it kind kind of seems like the top eight might, be just about set like yeah you still have nashville and i guess even calgary sniffing around but it doesn't really feel like those teams are going to be able to make a push um you know nashville was sellers at the deadline so mm-hmm. it would be surprising if they kind of rally and and end up making it calgary is five points out but the the avalanche are an eighth but the avalanche have three games in hand on calgary so you know, and Calgary's also been losing more and more recently. Yeah. What what a really disappointing season for them. Like that was a team that had some cup dreams. Like they, you know, but even after obviously like they had to turn things over, losing Gadron Kachuk, but you thought, you know, Huberto, Kadri, Uyghur, like they'd maybe filled filled in those spots and would still be competitive, but really just hasn't happened for them this year. I mean, I think I think they may they may be a casualty of outdated coaching. Like Daryl Sutter, obviously, is a well-established coach. He's a winning, he's a championship coach. Um, but we, you see it all the time where, you know, uh, it, it just doesn't mesh and the styles don't mesh. And I think Sutter still tries to lock things down. And and there's a time and a place to do that. But maybe that 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 could explain some of it to me because how does how does Jonathan Huberto go from what 120 points last year whatever the hell it was to what's he got like 70 60 I don't, I don't know i mean he's he's i mean he good thing he he was able to cash in after last year but he's not the same player at all and i i saw it as a bad sign that Kachuk wanted out and gaudreau wanted out and you're losing like your two of your like your better players and kind of like the faces that you've tried to like be the face of your franchise so like the fact that those guys didn't want to stick around you go oh it's kind of you know what what's going on up there i don't really know exactly what might be going on behind the scenes yeah i mean unfortunately some of that was like covid related i know for goudreau in particular like he just wanted to get out of canada like he hadn't seen Mm -hmm. family in like two years so um you know because all all restrictions on travel and everything so I don't know enough about Kachuk and, you know, what exactly his situation was. I know it seemed like he wasn't going to re-sign there, obviously. Uh, but, yeah, Gaudreau, I think, 
he was getting out of Canada no matter what. All right, so the Bruins next play on Thursday night at the Garden. They take on New Orleans, as we mentioned. Followed they take by on Connor McDavid. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they have, they have some guys. They have some guys. Um, <laughs> but, yes, mainly Connor McDavid. Um, and then they get a they get a home-and-home home series with the uh, the Red Wings this weekend as well. So Bertuzzi Bowl. Yeah, a good chance for Tyler Bertuzzi to, to um, make his impact known. I mean, Detroit's – They've they've they were sellers. I mean, they they got rid of uh, Bertuzzi, obviously. Um, Ronak they they sent over to Vancouver. Um, Jacob Rana went to St. Louis. I'm sure there's a couple of those I'm missing. Oscar Austin Sunquist went to Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, Jinx Minnesota. Um, and um, yeah, so it should be six points. Well, it should be four points for the Bruins against the Red Wings. Uh, if you have any interest about the Bruins trying to tack up or stack up their point total as much as they can, Edmonton will see. Um, but anyway, Bridget and Scott, did you have anything before we before we go? No, I don't think so. I'll, I'll tease. I'm writing something up for the site about uh, just how – I've mentioned this on the podcast a couple of times, like keeping track of – how much better the Bruins goaltending has been than even second place in the league. And as of Monday, when I looked at, they were Bruins are now at nine thirty team save percentage and Dallas is second at nine sixteen. And the league average, by the way, is nine Oh five. And like, if the Bruins keep those margins up, we're talking about historic stuff in terms of how far ahead of the field they are. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that. I'll, I'm going to be writing something in the next day or two. I look forward to reading that. Bridget, do you have anything else? Um, no, I'm good. You sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Xerxes, right. does Xerxes have anything? Xerxes does. Xerxes, he's... <laughs> Luckily, he's been asleep, but yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We will talk to you soon.